here's what happened. Do you, do you like uh, the unexpected? Because today uh, I am going to talk about it. The unexpected today. In fact, we were supposed to have a guest speaker today. In fact, we were supposed to have a guest speaker that went and spoke at, at the youth camp this weekend. And we watched Facebook this week. We watched it happen on Monday of this last week. Heather Rhodes, our speaker was Ron Rhodes, a friend of ours. He spoke for us for camps and, and different things for 20 years. And, uh, and so we get this Facebook post. We see Heather Rhodes has the flu. And we were going, no. You know, and they're in Pennsylvania. And uh, so we're like, that's plenty far away for the flu. We want to kind of keep it in Pennsylvania, right? And then, uh, and then we're going, he flies out on Friday. And we told him, we, we told Heather, oh, we're so bummed. Sorry that you have the flu. Don't give it to Ron. You know, <laughs> love you. Don't give it away. You know, sure enough, Thursday morning, we get the call. Uh, Ron Rhodes, our camp speaker, comes down with the flu. So we had about 24 hours to find a camp speaker. Uh, really quick-like, right? So we called in all the favors from years, ages hence, and uh, reached out to a bunch of different local uh, great communicators that do conferences and camps and speak at them and found one named Ryan Brewer, who's a youth pastor over in the peninsula, and he did an incredible job. We went up and uh, experienced the final like nighttime service last night, and if you have a student at camp, I got to tell you what, they're going to come back up here. Um, it was phenomenal, and just to watch God move in students' lives in the way of them rising up to like the challenge that he has in them to make a difference in the world around him. It was really powerful. So thank you for all of you who sewed into that camp. Maybe you're a parent that paid for camp. Maybe you're someone who gave scholarship money for camp. Maybe you, uh, you know, helped somebody get there in some way, shape, or form, or you've been praying for them. It is not in vain. It was really cool to see. Minus the fact that we all needed to pray a little more specifically about snow. Because it was bare dry up. It was spring camp. It was like warm, you know, until the, the night before they got a skiff of snow. So it's just like, oh, yeah, so we prayed for snow. We should have been more specific, like a foot of snow, Lord. You know, so anyway, they still had fun and nobody was complaining. They were sharing lots of stories last night. But I'm going to talk. So, so Ron was supposed to speak this morning. So, yeah, a disclaimer was... All of a sudden then, that kind of tossed in this little curveball, right, for uh, Sunday because he was going to speak today, and uh, my role was just going to be introducing him and sharing how amazing he is, and he's still amazing, and we'll probably see him next year. So anyway, um, uh, we jumped to task as a communication team and dialogued about where we felt God would go today then, and we're going to stick inside the Follow Me series and have a special kind of talk for you because sometimes... The unexpected comes at us, and we need to process, like, man, how do we really deal with this? And I'm going to read kind of the passage that we're reading during the course of this series first. If you weren't here last week, it's Mark 8, 34 through 36, and it says this. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake 
of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? So we have this moment in text where we're told to follow God. And when we follow God, things don't always go as we plan in our mind, right? Because I think the adventure of the faith involves him allowing curveballs to come at us, you know? He allows change that we would never sign up for. He allows experiences that we would never volunteer to walk through. But on the other side, looking back, 2020 vision, we realize, wow, God had a plan for that moment in my life. And we have that opportunity. I, I tell you, as a, from a leadership perspective alone, I'll share. I feel like 2018 in the leadership life of Open Life has been a busy year so far of, of just the unexpected, things happening, um, leading through change, leading through uh, shifts and just unexpectedly weird moments occurring in not only church but, but family and just life coming against people and helping them walk through it in ways that has been really um, not planned for sure and unexpected and exhausting but yet refreshing because you see God doing some crazy cool stuff in people's lives. So uh, that said, it makes you process when you face, whether it's trial or blessing, you, it makes you process, like, what do you do when things don't quite go the way you thought they were going to go? You start to ask those questions. Man, how do you follow God when you felt that you were following in his steps and where he wanted you to go, but it didn't end the way you thought it would go if you're following him? And so those, those are some of the thoughts I want to share today and unpack a little bit. Uh, how, what do you do to keep going, right? And so my first thought is God has a plan. I mean, if we'll remind ourselves of this, it will help us. God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Well, that is something we should all hang somewhere in our home because we need to be reminded of it daily, don't we? I mean, when the car doesn't start, oh, God has a plan, not for disaster, right? When, when things don't go our way, by following God, we follow the plan he has for us and we don't go off track when things don't go according to that plan. We want to stay in faith, following God, trusting a higher plan. It says this in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, something you've probably heard if you've been in church long. But it says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Isn't that a great, just humbling reality of, okay, I don't get it right now, Lord. I don't understand. I thought it was going to go this way. It didn't go this way, but it's yours. I have to give this to you because you've got like chopper four vision if I'm stuck in a traffic jam and I can only see the car in front of me. 
So I need to trust your way. Your way is so much higher than my way. You have perspective of my life when I just have perspective of what's right in front of me. Sometimes we feel like life is 167, right? We're parked. <laughs> I avoid that road with everything in me. And I'm like, ways never use this road. You know, program that in. But I just tell you, if you're sitting in traffic in life, if, you're, if you feel like your life is stuck in traffic, you're in a holding pattern, you're going, what the world? Trust the higher plan. There is a higher plan. And that's when we follow Jesus, we can put our hope in that and we can overcome panic. We can overcome the terror or the, the, the catastrophe in our brain if we just understand, no, I have a promise for my future. There is a plan. This doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like, but peace can overcome my panic. We find clarity. When others are experiencing chaos, when we follow God, he has a plan for you. And there's this inner voice, it's the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week. There's this inner voice, this unction that brings us that peace and that clarity and it surfaces within us when we thought we couldn't take anymore. God has a plan for you. And we need to be reminded of that when it feels like things are coming off track, when the plan is a little wobbly of our life, good or bad. Thought number two. When things don't go to my plan, that doesn't mean they won't come in line with his. When things don't go according to my plan, that doesn't mean they won't come in line with his. Romans 8.28 says this. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Even if the enemy tries to pull a change up in our plans and get in the way of God's plan for our life, God turns that, whatever it was, into good. Because that's how God works. He turns our situations into a trajectory for good. Now, if you know me well, I see a setback as a setup all the time in my life, like quickly. Uh, um, some would say too quickly. With that, you know, it's your personality. Um, it's your personality to be an optimist. And uh, I don't know who has that voice that talks to me, but, you know, uh, it's, it's your personality and you just, you're, you're just always thinking positive, but that's just because it's your personality. And I would say to that person with that voice, uh, I really do believe it's just the, the Holy Spirit within me. Yeah, some, somewhat personality, but if you grew up in my home, we were instant pessimists. It was like overreaction was like normality, and not that there's any drama in our family, but, you know, there's a tendency, yeah, there's lots of drama is what that means, uh, but, you know, it's just like to go, ah, it's like the end of the world, you know, and so I kind of grew up in a home like that. I think I passed some of that down to my, my children. But the, uh, uh, it flowed through me. But the Holy Spirit somehow tweaked that at some point in time after making a decision to follow Jesus. And it was like, God's got this. It's going to work out. I know it looks horrible on paper right now. I, I know this doesn't look like it's going to go to plan, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. And 
I have no reason to not believe that yet in my life because it always does. So I, I, I personally have incredible conviction that I can be an optimist and that that's not just a personality thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing within me, kind of knowing the heart of God for my future, for my present, for my past. His ways are higher than my ways. Thad, you're just overconfident. Well, yes. Unfortunately, I do run a little quicker than others in, in processing things because, again, just this, there really is a blind faith and trust that this is going to work out. Um, uh, so I do need to surround myself with people that are more reality-based. But anyway, you know, uh, that's why God gave me the family that I have. Uh, Thad, your personality is behind you moving so quickly. Now, again, no. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I mean, if you see someone falling, I don't think that they're failing. I think they're falling forward. Right? And it's not just because I've read leadership books that tell me that. You say two steps back, man, I hear four steps forward. You say season of pruning, I say, ah, future fresh growth. And it's not just because I'm an optimist. I just know God. And I, I can read through the Bible and see over and over again how he makes things work towards his plan. And now I've experienced it in my own life, having followed him for 20-some years. When we follow Jesus, we have that rise up within us. Thought three. When we follow Jesus, we need to keep aware. I'm going to go somewhere different with this than normal, probably, maybe, I don't know. But one of the greatest obstacles to our future is our present. One of the greatest challenges is we fall in love with where we're at versus the plan that God has for our future. And so we get, we get stuck because we fall in love maybe with the process of what's going on around us versus the plan that God had set out for us. And, and we're on a journey, but we find something we love right here in the middle of the jersey, and we resist movement forward. I don't know, maybe you're thinking of something in your life that, that aligns with this but I just really felt, man, this is where sometimes we get stuck and we become unaware of our future and we get stuck in the success of our present. So in business world, you read this in a lot of books, your greatest obstacle to future success is current success. Companies all the time are closing because they experience success and they stuck in that success instead of staying on mission with what they originally set out to do. You know, you can think of like Blockbuster video, right? Here, they had this great business. They were going to bring movies. They were going to bring stuff. Some of you don't even know Blockbuster in the room, which is hilarious. But anyway, so, you know, they're, they're going to build these stores. And it's a great idea. And these, this just sounds funny to some people. In these stores, they're going to put these tape cassettes called VHSs. 
And they're going to innovatively put the movies from Hollywood in great quantity in these stores. And you can walk in and buy a membership to these stores. And then you can rent videos from these stores. You just drive there and get a video if it's in stock. But you have to go there to find out, right? And uh, then they moved to totally innovated, went from VHS to DVD to eventually Blu-ray. I don't know if they even stayed around long enough to go to Blu-ray. But anyway, the, the reality is they started, they got into the storefront business. They went from the movie business and experienced success through storefront model, and they went to a storefront business. And then they, they lost track of how getting the most innovative approach at movies into people's possession, and Redbox came out, and they were done. And then Netflix, and then everything else that has innovated since then. And you just go, their success led to their complacency. They locked in to a place of success. And I look at that and I go, man, that happens to churches too. I mean, we got to learn from this. That happens to us in our lives too. In our professions. In our families. In our parenting in our marriages. Well, she, I put a ring on it, just like Beyonce said, and now everything's good. All the work is done, right? No. There's more work than just putting a ring on it, you know? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, anyway. So I just, like, I look at that. I'm no Beyonce. But anyway. Uh, you just look at that and go, there's, there's so much more to do. So in church world, I look at this, and I was just dwelling on this. Like, I've been in churches and served where everybody became in love with the building. Like, the building was what they loved when the church is about people. And, and it's about people meeting Jesus and following Jesus. But then it became about, I put this brick here. I love this building. And you're like, well, uh, yeah, okay, awesome. God helped you build this for the purpose of reaching people. No, I'm, if people are going to come in here and make this church, like they're going to contaminate this precious building if, if new people come in. You're going, what? You know? Like, you know, so I've been there. I've been in that discussion. That happens. Um, I've been in the position where we're loving the process and, and, and we're dwelling on the good old days. And that's like the highlight. Like I remember 30 years ago when... But man, if that's our highlight, God says I have a plan for your future, a hope for your future. The windshield's big and the rearview mirror is small for a reason. I look at Open Life. When we launched Open Life in the Regal Theater, January 10th, 2010, we made too big of a deal of the Regal Theater. Yeah, it's a lesson learned. We made a big deal about we were meeting in a theater. It was cool. It really was easy for people to come to. It was a familiar seat to sit in, whether there was a lot of people or a few people. We made a big deal about it. What we didn't make a big deal about was staying up on our accounting because really quickly we ran out of money. It was expensive to rent the Regal Theater. And so we were, we were coming down to nothing. Everybody went off payroll and we were down to scraps. We had just launched a new middle school ministry too. So we were renting five theaters on a Sunday. It was insane. It was crazy and expensive. And we... Uh, 
realized we had like 30 some cents in the bank and had a wake up call and said we're exceeding our means we need to make a change well that was not easy so here's this new church we were less than a year old and we're having a discussion and in that discussion to my shock I thought well this isn't the traditional church that built the building with their own hand they'll have no pride in the building we're good to go we can move we're agile it doesn't matter where we gather we pop up we can set up we will up Everybody will still love Jesus. We lost 75% of our donor base by making the move. And not only did we lose that, we lost, so that went with people, right? More importantly, those were people. So we had a financial problem, and then we had a really big financial problem. And then, at the same time, to not meet at the theater, we had to raise about $30,000 to buy all the stuff you see around here that we use for all the kids' wings and the sound and all this we had to buy all this because we just used the theater. Like they had the seats, they had the walls, they had all that. So we had to like get new stuff and, and cases which I must be made of like gold from heaven because they're expensive. And so you're buying all these things. We raised the money though and it happened. We started meeting in schools. And then we got bumped from a school a few months later. It was crazy. We've been here since 2011. But the reality is it doesn't matter where we meet. But to process people through that, even less than a year old church had a problem doing that. We get stuck in our current successes. We get stuck in the current reality. And God says this. It's interesting. In Luke 21, 34 through 38, Jesus says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware. That sentence jumped out to me this week. I mean, obviously, the unexpected was going to happen. I was speaking today, and we had to find a speaker for camp, and everything was up in the air for, like, about 12 hours. Don't let the day catch you unaware. Like a trap, for the day will come upon everyone living on earth. Keep alert at all times. Pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors. Stand before the Son of Man. And stand before the sun. Every day Jesus went to the temple to teach. Every evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. The crowds gathered at the temple early in the morning to hear him. He was going to the Mount of Olives to pray. Every day he was praying to strengthen himself. To be ready. To not be caught unaware. He wanted to be aware. If you, Some other translations you have in that verse would say to not catch you unexpected unexpected we need to expect the unexpected we need to expect that even when things might go the way we don't plan in our journey that there is an ability for God to touch our mindset and get us through the unexpected we're going to face disappointments and trials don't let it derail you from what God has for you. We will face unexpected change. Don't let it toss you out of alignment. God still has a plan for your future. We'll face tragedy, pain, and hardship of every kind. Don't let it lead you into a trap where you give in to old tendencies. I was an alcoholic before I made a decision to follow Jesus. And when things go bad, I don't want to run to a shelf and start to guzzle tequila again. 
right? Don't give in to those old tendencies. Don't let the enemy catch you unaware when your guard's down because something unexpected comes. It's, it's easy to fall into the trap. So today I thought the most applicable thing we can do is that we could look at these passages and realize, man, no matter what comes my way, God has a plan. No matter what comes my way, I can make it through it. I'm not going to get derailed. I'm not going to be caught unexpected. But the reality is we have unexpected things happening in our lives and we haven't been really knowing what to do. Here's what I want to do today. I want to take a little extra time. Our action thought today is to pray. And I said to myself, What a better use of the extra space we have in this series, because this is an unplanned talk within the Follow Me series. What a better use of our time could we have than to pray? Because all of us have some things going on in our lives that could use prayer. Um, In fact, the scriptures continue in James 5, 13. They say this, Are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praise. Worship team's coming up right now, actually. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So I don't know what has come into your world that's unexpected recently. Maybe it's a promotion that you're praying over. Or maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe you've been wanting to get pregnant. And you've not been able to. Maybe you've been praying whether you should adopt. Potentially, you've been considering changing jobs or moving houses. I got to pray with with Ed and Leslie who had a house fall through this week in their world. And uh, that is not easy. That's overwhelming. Um, My family, Dana's family, really my wife's family... Uh, her mom, we're going on vacation this week, a life trip kind of moment, and her brother suddenly passed away last night, and uh, she had just lost her sister a month ago. So it's like uh, just pain, right? Sorrow. Uh, right now they're informing some of the families still, and just tough messages going back and forth last night. Uh, maybe it's, it's ministry change. Uh, you know, Open Life has had the shift of, of inviting people from Sumner up to Bonnie Lake. Um, we also had the challenge of losing a venue to meet at for re-engage. Uh, it's just like there's different things that have been hitting from all kinds of sides. And it's like, Lord, we need you, right? Maybe you've been sneezing sporadically in services. I'm just joking. I'm giving you a bad time. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe you thought when you put a ring on it, it was all good from there. Maybe it's your health. You need a touch from God. We want to pray for you today. It's not weird to pray for one another. The Bible says right there, James 5, that we should do it. And he also promises us 
that he's going to turn the things that we're facing into good. So here's what I want to do today. And, and uh, I want to just give us an opportunity to pray for one another. If you're here today, I'm going to, I'm going to weird meter you a little bit. You're going to go, uh, but if you're here today and you're saying, man, I really could, I'm one that really could use some prayer. I'm, ain't no shame in needing it. Uh, but if you need prayer today, could you simply just stand where you're at? It's pretty easy to do. You just stand up. It's kind of bold, I guess, but uh, I just really believe that there's people here that need prayer today, and we want to take the opportunity to pray for you. Um, I'm going to pray as you're standing, and then I'm going to kind of tell us what we're going to do next. So, Lord, you see the people standing right now. You know the circumstances, the scenarios that they're facing that would lead them to stand. There's still some that they feel their heart pounding and they're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> we need the Lord to move in our life and I need to stand up right now, but this is weird. And, uh, but that's okay. Lord, I just pray that you would touch all of us in this room in the area of our life that we're in need of clarity, that we're in need of your help to give it, keep us online with your plan. For some in this room, they need to make that decision to jump into your plan by following Jesus. They gotta pray that they would sense today that you have a plan for them and you love them and that they would make a decision to follow you. And Lord, I pray that right now you would just well up within us that compassion and, and longing for one another to lift those that are around us with needs up to you in prayer. And God, as we take a couple extra moments today to pray for one another, may you move divinely in the lives and bring hope back, bring joy back, bring peace back. This is what I'm going to ask you to do in the room. If you're next to somebody standing, even if you're not next to somebody standing, nobody faces challenges alone. If you feel comfortable, would you make your way to somebody who's standing right now near you and... Uh, we're going to pray for one another as the worship team sings a song. I just want you to simply ask, hey, what can I pray for? You can share if you want to share. You don't have to share if you don't want to share. We want to pray for each other. Uh, we're going to take some time here. And then I'll come back up. We'll wrap this thing up called Open Life. And I think God's going to do some crazy good stuff in each other's world today. So ready, set pray. The rest of you, it says in the scripture, it said, man, if joy is there, you should rejoice, right? Didn't it just say that? Man, if you're experiencing joy. So if you could stand and worship as they lead us, that would be a huge win. So.